listening to Lead Defend, the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture. Here are your hosts, Seth Tucker and Ryan Scantling. Hey Seth, today we're talking about God's will. And you know what's interesting? That God's will is used as much for cop-outs for things as is in actually determining the direction in people's lives. Hey, have you ever have you ever had somebody come up to you and be like, Seth, it's just not God's will for me to date you? Um, no, I've used it many times. <laughs> okay, okay. It okay. actually went the other way around there. Um, but but yeah, everybody everybody wants to have an easy out for something. Like when I was recruiting youth volunteers to mm. come and serve with our student ministry, and they would say things like, you know, I'm gonna just I wanna pray about it, or I wanna find out if that's what God's will is for me. And and I just wanted to like grab them by by the neck and just say, hey, listen, God's will is for you to find a place to serve in your church. So just do it. You know? yeah, and isn't it interesting when somebody <laughs> says, I'm going to go pray about that. It's yeah. almost a guaranteed no. Yeah, that's a no. I, I'm not saying it should be, but it almost is. Yes. So, you know, it's crazy this thing about God's will because people use it for a cop-out like, I'm not called to that. Or yeah. I, I've heard the thing like, God's just giving me the spiritual gift of sarcasm. Like, I'm just called to this unique thing. I, I just don't know if that's all God's will. Hey, the Babylon Bee had an article on the gift of sarcasm. They said oh, it's okay. a true biblical gift. Well, hey, the Babylon Bee, <laughs> I mean, it, it's scripture, Babylon Bee to me. Yes, so absolutely. So mm. we, should, we should see what they have to say about God's will. <laughs> Interesting. Um, no, the truth is we need to look at what is God's will. Like, what does that definition mean? And... and I think we can try to define it so much, or, or this is the way I would like to like for us to just think about it, is um, God has a specific way uh, that he, he would like for us to live our lives. Yeah. Okay, and so like 95% of that, uh, and that's a made up percentage, but I think it's a high percentage, very high in the upper 90s. Uh, is is just in the Bible. Like God says, hey, this is what you should do. This is what you should not do. And it's true for everyone, yeah. right? Like, you know, he, he, the, the laws in, in, in the word of God, the, the commands are for all of us. But then there's the other 5% made up percentage. Like, who are you going to marry? Where are you going to go to college? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? Those are the ones we focus on, yeah. but yet it's such a small percentage and yet yeah. that's all that we really want to know. Well, it's interesting. Jesus calls us to follow the, the narrow path, right? And yeah. so so God's given us the parameters that lead to that narrow path. And everything yeah. on that narrow path is in God's will. Yes. But, but I think sometimes we get overwhelmed thinking, what is God's specific direct will for me that steers everything in my life? And, and I think that's how I would define God's will. It's that thing that for me steers overwhelmingly my life and kind of guides me along so that I can say, hey, yeah, that's what God would long for me to do. You know, when God called Abraham in Genesis, it's interesting. He said, Abraham, go to the land that I will show you. And so Abraham takes a step out, and he doesn't know where his final destination is, but day by day he follows. And it's almost as if every day he has to ask, okay, God, where am I going today? And I'm going to take a step in the direction that you want me to. And he even made some mistakes in that. When he went to Egypt, instead of, uh, this isn't <laughs> yeah. scripted whatsoever. But yeah, he, he made some mistakes in that. And he ultimately 
God took his children to the land that was promised. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, that, that sometimes is something that, that we think that we're going to make the wrong decision, the butterfly effect. Mm. We're going to make the wrong decision, and it's going to ruin God's will for our life. We're going to be messed up, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like when I was in high school, and uh, I was trying to pick out my second car because I wrecked my first one. Mm-hmm. And I could have bought a Honda Accord or a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Yeah, go, go for the Eclipse, obviously. I, I chose the Accord. What? Right? And it's like, what if that messed up the entire course of my life? Mm. You know? Because it wasn't four years later that Honda Accord broke down. And who knows what would have happened with my life if I would have got the Eclipse. That's not what That's not <laughs> yep. what God's will is about. That's yeah. not what we're talking but, about. But I think sometimes we, we overwhelm ourselves thinking that, oh, I have to know what God longs for me to do in 50 years so that I can right now start planning my life around that. But that's really not what God instructs us. When Jesus gives his call, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The implication that I'm going to make you to become exactly who I want you to become as you follow me, as you lend your life to me. Mm. And so, so God's will, I think for a lot of young adults, for a lot of students, they think that they have to commit to a life calling a career, a vocation, whatever that's going to be right now. So if you're listening, you probably have had the that moment of panic where you're like, oh no, at this very moment, I don't know what my career, who I'm going to marry, I don't know what the rest of my life is going to look like. That means I don't know God's will, and that's not true. No, and, and there's so many people that just sit around waiting to figure that out. Mm. And then, th- then they, they waste years of their life. Right, like you know, I mean, there's jokes that can be made, but like you know, the the that the guy that that's living in his parents' basement till he's 27 uh, is there because he's waiting to hear from God the, what he's called to do with his life. Right? Yeah. Listen, get out of your parents' house and get a job. You yeah. know, right now, just be faithful and find work. And, and it's interesting that as you avail yourself, man, God opens doors that you never thought possible. Yes. Uh, people have asked me all the time, Seth, Ron, how did you know that you were called to ministry? Mm-hmm. And my simplest answer is because I'm doing ministry. Like, I've been often asked the question, hey, do you feel called to college ministry? And the answer is yes, because I'm doing college ministry. For me, it was that when I was an older student in high school, God just began giving opportunities. And I wanted to be faithful to put my yes on the table Whatever opportunities he gave, I wanted to walk through those open doors. And then the position I'm in now, doing ministry in Conway, was, man, God just opened a door that was so big that I really had no other option but to walk through it. And I think sometimes God's will fleshes itself out in that way, that it's these open doors, these opportunities that God gives you that, man, faithfulness and obedience just means that you say yes to those. Yeah, and, and you know... So many times, like we think that um, we think that if we if we make a wrong decision, that we are going to find ourselves outside of God's will. I keep coming back to that, like that butterfly effect, like I said earlier. But but the truth is that if we are seeking to be in God's will, it's pretty hard to get out of it. Yeah, that's the way I think about it. Right? That's like if we're word. faithfully pursuing Jesus and pursuing obedience to Him. I don't think we're going to just turn around and be outside of God's will, like like I married the wrong person and I've got the wrong job. There's a great book. It's a little bit older now uh, by John MacArthur. It's called Found, God's mm-hmm. Will for Your Life. And in it, I just memorized these five S's, he calls them. Yeah. He, he makes the claim that if you're saved, 
sanctified, which means growing in your faith. If you're saved, sanctified, submissive to the Lord's call, whatever he asks. Saved, sanctified, submissive, spirit-filled, and willing to suffer. Do whatever you want. Because if those five things are true about you, then you're not going to be outside of God's will. I think sometimes we focus too much on making the right decisions and doing the right things rather than being the right person. Or rather than yeah. being the person that God would honor us to be. Because yeah. the person that God desires you to be is going to make the decisions that best honor God. Yeah, because God, and the way I like to say it is this, is God cares more about who you are than what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, if you were, he cares more about you being a faithful child of God than he does what your vocation is. Wow. And uh, and he cares more about if you're going to be a godly person than, than uh, if you're going to be a, a teacher. Um, because yeah. because that he cares about man's heart. He cares about woman's heart. He cares about people's hearts more yeah. than, than their jobs. Well, it's interesting to me that in the Old Testament story that, that so oftentimes it was about getting to a location on a map. You know, they yeah. were going to the promised land. But the story of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the story of the Bible is that God cares much more about your location in His presence than your location on a map. He wants you to be located in a relationship with Him much more than He cares about if you're in Denver or if you're in Dunkirk. I mean, Mm. that's what it's about. If you're located in His presence, then you're going to make the decisions that honor Him. And and every once in a while in your life, there become those, those moments where there's a time of decision. Hey, do I move overseas to follow God in this place? Do I take this new job, this new career in this far off land? And and in those times, we seek God and we honor Him and we we discern, we strive to discern what's God's will for our life. Yeah, and and when I think about it too, like we're, we're moving in on what you just said, I think sometimes when I look at Scripture, I look at like Paul's missionary journeys, mm. okay? And, and Paul at times would say, this is what the Lord told us to do. And they would go to that place. But majority of the time, not, not as often as, or much more often than what I just said, like God told them nowhere to go, they would just say, we found it best to do this. Wow. And they would, they would go, to that, uh, go to a place that they found it best to go. So a lot of it's practicality, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. so sometimes God didn't tell them specifically, this is where you need to go and share the gospel. But rather than just sit there and wait for that message, they went and shared the gospel. Mm. Like, it's we found it best to go versus just sit here. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, so... So I think that we can definitively say, yeah. like we could probably say to anybody that would listen, hey, we can tell you that you're outside of God's will if right now you find yourself yeah. sitting and doing nothing for the kingdom of God. That's right. That, That's that right. If right now you find yourself in a stagnant place where you're not growing in your faith, where you're not doing anything for the kingdom of God, you're probably outside of His will. Yeah, and and there's a book, and and we've we're, we're not doing book book reviews this week, but it sure seems that way. I like a book called uh, "Just Do Something" by mm. Kevin DeYoung, and and the premise is yes, like get out there and do something for the glory of God versus just sitting and waiting for some mis- mystical message that you're waiting for God to give you. He doesn't always tell you where to go and what to do. He does always tell us how we should live. Yeah, and uh, and so well, and that brings an interesting point. So. You're a young adult. You're a student. How do you find yourself? You come to a point in your life where you're at a crossroads, and you're saying, "Okay, what is God's will for my life? What are the ways that you identify that? 
Mm, like yeah. you're at a moment of decision. You have to decide, do I move to this far off place? Do I take this job, this career? Do I marry this person? All, all those things. How do you determine if that's God's will or not? What do you think, Seth? Yeah, Kevin DeYoung actually talks about that in his book, and I, I, I really like the way that he worded it. But the idea that I look at when, I, when I'm saying, how do I determine God's will is, I think God speaks to different people in different ways, actually. Hmm. Um, so, for instance, uh, for instance, for me, like when I look at, when I evaluate God's will, if He hasn't specifically like spoke to my soul and said, this is what I want you to do, Seth, then, then I look at what desires are in my heart. Yeah. that are of God, okay? So that doesn't contradict Scripture. What are the desires of my heart that don't contradict Scripture? And then I look at, does it make sense logically? Like, am I going to be able to uh, you know, go in the direction of, of this opportunity or whatever it might be, and it be something that's good for my family, that's good for my, my, my walk with Jesus? Um, do the circumstances dictate it being a wise decision? But, but even even probably even more so right now is what do people that walk with God that I am around say about this opportunity or this this thing because um, my parents or or my my mentors they have always if I've gone in a direction that I sought to, to that I thought might be God's will for me um, they've always backed it mm. they've always backed it and when they didn't um, and I made those decisions wrong sometimes like I knew it pretty quick. Yeah. that I should have listened to the, 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 the godly people around me. And so we're really, at this point, we're talking about confirmation. Like, yes. how do you know that the step that you think is the right step is in accordance with God's will for your life? I think you mentioned something great. Man, find that wise counsel, those people that you trust, those friends, those mentors, and ask them. They oftentimes, through observation, know us and our passions and our abilities. And, and what God's calling on our life is, far greater than we do ourselves. Uh, I just thought about this. Why don't we break down three of the big decisions hmm. that um, that that young people are making or about to make, and let's look at how maybe we both walk through those three things. So, like, yeah. Ryan, like, how did you pick where you were going to go to college? You know, wow, that's a good question because th that's one of those things, like, is it God's will for me to be here? And and I hear students say, I stepped on campus and I just knew this is the one that God had for me. That wasn't the case for me. I was signed up to go to Oklahoma Baptist and uh, my sister passed away midsummer, and I, I just knew I needed to be closer to family. Yeah. And so Cir circumstances dictated. It, it was part circumstances. Of that. Yeah. So circumstances dictated. And was it unfaithful to go to Arkansas Tech? No, it was practical. It was practical. And when I was there, God confirmed that by opening up doors. Yeah. So. See, I visited five different campuses, and I had different things that I liked about each campus and whatnot, and and where I could possibly play sports and things like that. And man, it just worked out that Southwest Baptist up in Bolivar, Missouri, was where I wanted to go. Yeah. And and man, I look back and like we talked about, you know, first week on campus not mm -hmm. too long ago, and um, and I think, you know what? That's exactly what God wanted me to do. Yeah. You know, I was there for a reason and a purpose. I just didn't know it at the time when I was picking schools. Exactly. You know, I was talking to a faculty member at Central Baptist College just this week, and she said, Ryan, I can with confidence look out at a room full of students and say, 
God brought you exactly right here. It was his will for you to be in this room to be learning. And I hope that you meet with God in your time at CBC. And she can say that even if students in the room don't feel it because she can know with confidence that God ordained their steps to be right there. They're there. Yeah, they're there. They're in the room. It was God's will. And so so what do you think, Seth, about jobs? So when you took that first job, that first position, how, how did you know that was God? Man, or did um, you? Did you make a misstep? Well, so I'll say that I think that you and I differ in some ways because we are called to ministry, and and we are all called to ministry, but we are called to be ministers, uh, like church leadership. Specifically, ministers. yeah. Yes. And so I experienced that call to the ministry in high school. Uh, I didn't know what it would look like or anything like that, but I, I knew that God had drawn my soul to to serve His church and that be my vocational direction. Yeah. Um, but how I found my first job, uh, man, I was coming out of college, and I had all these job opportunities, like come interview with us, like these things right here. You were highly sought after. Uh, not highly sought after, but if you put your name out there enough, they'll call you. <laughs> um, they just want to interview you so you'll shut up. Yep. But no, I, I was interviewing. You were that annoying person that kept calling, hey, is the job open yet? Hey, yeah, can, yeah. I, can I possibly interview for this? <laughs> Yeah, and and so I was I was interviewing for this job up in the St. Louis area uh, to be the youth pastor at this this church, and I just had this overwhelming sense in my soul and talking to my wife about it because I was already married, but we'll talk about that one in a little bit, and and I just said I'm not ready to be the youth pastor at a church, mm-hmm. and so I started looking for associate positions, and I found a, an opportunity in Harrison, Arkansas, at Eagle Heights Baptist Church to be the associate youth pastor for a year and then you would be and you'd be trained under an experienced person and then placed somewhere else. Yeah. And that's how I found my first role. And wow. and every step from there has been uh equally similar in how I chose my job. That's how good. about you? Well, you know, for me it was just the open doors. Like yeah. I was faithful to walk through them and I get to see, I get a front row seat at students taking and accepting and deciding jobs or grad schools all the time. Yeah. One person said to me once, God's everywhere. Go where the money is. I, I've heard that many times. You know, I, I'm not sure if that's the I best. I haven't found the money yet. I, I, yeah, I've still not found it. <laughs> that's a good word. But, but I think, man, God's given you passions and desires. Go to the place that best suits and fits those. Yeah. Like, you know yourself and your heart and the way God's wired you. If, if you're going to be in a position where you're going to be miserable because you're not operating out, the, out of the passions that God has given you, Look for something else. That's right. But sometimes you don't need to just sit on the couch and not and make any it. money and wait for it. Yeah. So I actually have some friends, uh, one, I won't say where, uh, and they, uh, they had a wife, they had, they had kids, and they were, they, they were miserable at their job is what they said. Yeah. And so they quit their job without any other opportunities ahead of them. Mm. And I looked at them square in the eyes and said, that is is not God's will for you. You should feed your children more than be happy with your job. And until you find a way to do both, you need to feed your children. Yeah, if happiness so. is the motivator, then we've got the wrong motivator. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so so let's ask this. Seth, how did you know that you were supposed to marry your wife? Man, um, a lot of bad dates. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, the truth with is, her or with yeah, other people? Everybody. Oh, okay, okay, everybody. okay. Um, no, I... I I knew I was supposed to marry my wife, and you would agree with this, I know, when I married her. Mm. Um, no, yeah. uh, 
I dated uh, quite a few girls, um, went on a lot of dates, uh, even if we weren't like quote unquote boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever you want to call it. And there were a lot of people that I probably could have married, but the timing was wrong. Yeah. There were a lot of people that I dated, the timing was right, and they were not who I wanted to marry. Mm. And ultimately, um, it all kind of culminated at a point where I was ready to marry, um, that I liked Melody a whole lot. Yep. And uh, I don't think there's one person out there for anybody. I think that you make a wise decision about who meets the godly criteria and and the timing is right and you marry them. Yeah. Um, wow. So that was my my walk. Now, you recently have uh, have chosen a future spouse. Yeah. Well, I, I got engaged August 10th, 2019. And so, uh, yeah, December 21st is when we're setting the wedding date of this year. And so it's exciting. But for us, it's off it was, the market. Off the market. So for us, it was really a lot of circumstance. Like, I, I, I've been praying for years. God, would you yeah. lead the person in my life who you'd long for me to marry? And all of a sudden, I, I look beside me, and she's there, and yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, so so it is an exciting time. What are, what are the what are the wedding colors? The wedding colors? I've never understood that whole idea I, anyway, I think, but have you chosen? I think she's going to wear white. She, oh, oh, okay. But I mean, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Other than that, it's all up there. I'm wise <laughs> enough to know that. Hey, I do want to close with this. Um, so how God speaks to different people. Yeah. Obviously, if you're looking for God's will for your life, read God's word. Yes. A lot of people are like, I just want God to speak audibly to me. Read God's word aloud. Um, <laughs> I mean, just well, do and, it. And if, you're, if you have a question about something that, that maybe isn't going to be black and white in the scripture, whatever message you receive will not, dis, will not conf- conflict with the word of mm, God. That's good. Okay. That's good. So confirmation from other people who know you best and, and just listen to God's voice. Like you yeah. said, your, your soul is content. Uh, well, hey, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Man, thank you for listening in. I can't tell you God's will for your life specifically, but I can say that Ryan's will is for you to come to the Lead Defend Conference at the end of February 2020. <laughs> uh, right. That went okay. Yeah. Uh, leaddefend.org, all kinds of information on that. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. Until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend conference or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend at absc.org. If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead. A podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.